Good morning and welcome back to The Quick Transition. I'm here with my good friend Luke Stone and it is right after the end of the Phoenix Suns Los Angeles Clippers game two. Crazy game in Phoenix and we have our live reaction. The game was going back and forth and with less than a minute left, the Clippers had a one point lead after Paul George sunk a clutch shot from the elbow, but then Devin Booker and George traded off two baskets within the last 30 seconds and it came down to the Suns being down by one point with 0.9 seconds on the clock. Jay Crowder inbounded the ball for Phoenix and placed it perfectly over the hoop for DeAndre Ayton to slam it home and give the Phoenix Suns a 2-0 series lead. And man, what a game, what an ending. And Stone, you looked at me after the game and you said, this one is going to be an NBA game that you are going to remember for a long time. Well, Taft, I'm going to remember this game for a while, not only because of DeAndre Ayton's unbelievable finish at the rim over Ivica, Ivica, however you pronounce it, Zubats, um, with 0.7 seconds left. I think the thing I'm going to remember even more than that is probably just how unbelievable the officiating was <laughs> in the last two minutes. Four trips to the monitor in the final minute. You probably could have watched a pretty good short film in the amount of time they spent looking at the same replays over and over again. Um, we can talk a little bit, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe in a couple minutes, about the overturn call when Devin Booker had the ball forced out of his hands by Patrick Beverly, but that's beside the point. Um, a great, What should have been a great NBA Finals or NBA Conference Finals matchup, um, an unbelievable game two. You don't often get game twos like this. This is usually you know a game four kind of make or break game, but this series is still very much wide open. Um, instead, uh, you get the crazy game in game two that would have been awesome for the league if it weren't for the fact that the officials in the last minute and a half didn't seem to have any idea what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, you cannot talk about the ending of this game without talking about the officials. I hate trips to the monitor, and I was, I mean, Stone, I was so pissed off in the last minute when they kept going to the monitor and dragged out the last minute of, of that game over the course of, what would you say, 20 minutes? It seemed like it. it and it, you have to give Jeff Van Gundy a lot of credit. He is one of the few commentators in the business who will call out every monitor trip in the NBA without fail. Jay Billis is the one that does it at the college level, at the NBA level, it's Jeff Van Gundy. Um, and he was also the only guy who seemed to have any interest in um, mentioning that the NBA would never ma- overturn calls like that in outside final two-minute situations. Obviously, Patrick Beverly was the one who caused the ball to go out of bounds. Devin Booker did not dribble it out of bounds. But despite that, they look at the letter of the law, not really the spirit of it. Give the ball back to the Clippers. And then, and this could be a pivot point, I guess, it ends up sending Paul George to the free throw line. Playoff P, who has done all of this restorative legacy work for the last two and a half weeks to prove that he can be an alpha without Kawhi Leonard. But tonight we are seeing yet again that without Kawhi Leonard, this Clippers team is probably playing exactly what they are, a four seed. So the exact play that Stone is referencing is when Phoenix had the ball down by one point with about 20 seconds left. It looked like Devin Booker was going to get the chance to be a hero. He'd pull up from the elbow and sink a dagger that would get them up by one and win the game. But no, Patrick Beverly, who was just a menace all game, he was fouling. He was so physical on Devin Booker. There was one point where he literally headbutted him, and they both started gushing blood from their 
forehead. It was a quite graphic scene, but Patrick Beverly came in, he swatted the ball out of bounds, and then, of course, they put it in the slowest possible motion you can in replay, and they saw, oh, no, it was barely still in Devin Booker's hand. But as Van Gundy said, like Stone mentioned, the rule of the foul is that Beverly was the one that swatted it out and forced it to go out of bounds. And even though Booker's fingertip might have touched the last, it still should have been Sun's ball, but instead the Clippers got it. Paul George missed those two free throws, and Stone, ball does not lie. And talk about karma. In my, it, it just seemed like the refs were doing everything they could to have the Clippers win that game. But still, the Suns were able to find a way. And Monty Williams drew up a beautiful play with .9 seconds left. And it certainly was a great play drawn up by Monty Williams, only uh, made possible by yet another trip to the monitor, courtesy of the officials. Uh, there was a missed three from the corner off of McCullough Bridges with what? I guess it was about a, a second left when it went out of bounds. The refs made the call very firmly, very immediate. Suns ball. I don't think anyone on the Clippers would have complained had they not gone to the monitor. And the Clippers probably would have won the game had they not gone to the monitor. But instead, they look at it for a Oh, minute. no. Sorry, if the ball goes out of bounds with less than a minute, they're going to the monitor. <laughs> they have to. It's in the contract. Got to get all the commercial breaks in. It's what they do instead of overtime, which they could have rigged for in this game had, you know, Paul George just gone one for two. But apparently that was too much to ask. Back to the point about playoff P. I think the real reason Ball didn't lie there is because if Paul George had any reason to believe that the Clippers would be getting the ball back, he would immediately be mentally preparing himself to be shooting the free throws in the last 10 seconds there. But instead, he would come looking up, probably, at the Jumbotron and being like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, it was technically off Booker, but they're not going to overturn this because that'd just kind of be unreasonable. But instead, they did overturn it. It ended up in Paul George's hands, and of course... Paul George, who was a very sneaky 5 for 10 from the free throw line. We are entering Giannis territory of incompetence there. <laughs> um, Paul George, 5 for 10 at the free throw line, misses those last two in the final 10 seconds and ultimately costs his team the game. If he makes one of them, the Clippers go to overtime. If he makes both, they've got to draw up a Hail Mary with 0.8 seconds left. You can't talk about this game without highlighting Cameron Payne, who is shooting lights out. He shot 50% from the field and ended up with 29 points. DeAndre Ayton had a great game as well with 24 points, 14 rebounds. Credit to Stone on his player prop bet there. But what a game too, and it's been a great start to this series. Both games have gone down to the wire. Phoenix has been able to sneak out two cheeky victories without veteran point guard Chris Paul, and it heads back to Los Angeles. And... I mean, Stone, you got to think that this is going to a Game 7, or it's going to get as it's exciting least, as it can. It's at least going to Game 6 because we've seen this play out before in the last two series. The Clippers love nothing more than being down 2-0 and heading back home. It's worked out for them so far. They were down 0-2 against the Mavs and the Jazz. They came back to win. It's going to go back to L.A. on Thursday night, and what a game. It was great to watch. I mean, one we're going to remember for a very long time. Indeed. I'm going to stay in the NBA for my lock of the day. Game one of the Eastern Conference Finals begins tonight at 8.30 on TNT. And the Milwaukee Bucks are seven and a half point favorites against the Atlanta Hawks. Both teams coming off game seven wins on the road as Milwaukee beat Brooklyn and Atlanta beat Philadelphia. But I don't see why the Bucks are so favored in this game. And to be honest, I don't think this Bucks team is that good. They barely got by the Nets, who were so shorthanded without Irving and a healthy Harden. And the Hawks were nothing but incredible 
all series against Philadelphia. And I think that they match up well against Milwaukee. I mean, Clint Capella is Clint Capella is going to have to go up against Giannis, but he did an okay job of shutting down Embiid. I mean, obviously it was enough to shut down one of the best players in the league, and now he'll, he'll have to do it again against Giannis. But I think that Atlanta just has so many s- scores that are hot. Obviously, you have Trey Young, who can pull up from pretty much anywhere and has been on fire all playoffs. Kevin Herter had 27 in Game 7. And then John Collins has been playing great as well, among others on Atlanta. I think that it's going to be a very close series. I think Game One's going to be close. I'm not saying the Hawks will be able to win, but I certainly think that, that they'll be able to keep it within 7.5 on the road in Milwaukee. Atlanta Hawks plus 7.5, trying to get back from that dang game last night that somehow ended the way it did. I had Suns minus 5, and it could have gone anyway. I mean, they were up by 6 um, with two minutes left, and it ended up being such a good game. And I honestly, I'll, I'll sacrifice a lock of the day just to see that incredible ending and see DeAndre Ayton put the ball in the net with literally less than a second left. It was a great game. Hopefully we'll get another great game tonight in Milwaukee. And I just love how we have an NBA game to watch every night for the next week at least. And we know that we're going to have a good rest of the series between Los Angeles and Phoenix. And hopefully Atlanta and Milwaukee can match that same energy that we had last night. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow and have a great day.